0: All right, Emmaus, good morning. It's so good to be with you. If you would, take your Bible and turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Parents of little ones, we are getting very close to uh, Elevate restarting, Children's Church restarting. I know you guys are celebrating. Hallelujah for that. But kids, kids who are in the room, I want you guys to know how good it is that you are here at church with us, that you bring your Bible you're a part of a church that loves to study the Bible, loves to sing together, loves to see your friends and encourage one another. And I just want to encourage you to continue to love Jesus. And remember, coming to church with your parents or grandparents, that doesn't make you a Christian, but it is such an important part of knowing how good Jesus is and what he wants to do in your life. And so we're just so excited that you guys are here. It's so much fun when I see you guys here, here at church. A um, couple of things going on for Emmaus that I want you to know as you're finding Hebrews chapter 4. This afternoon, all the pickleball players in the church, two o'clock, restarting over in the gym. If you want to come up and get some exercise, meet some people, have a good time. Two o'clock this afternoon, over in the gym, over in the middle metal building, pickleball is restarting this afternoon. Four o'clock, all the sixth graders in the room going into sixth grade, you and your parents, you guys come. There's a really cool opportunity for sixth graders that we're starting this year. And then at five o'clock, we come back in this room And people who have been on mission trips this summer are going to share about their experiences, and we're going to be doing that. If you really need a reason to come back at 5 o'clock, it's also our summer business meeting. So I know that's what you're looking for at 5 o'clock, but uh, come back to hear mission trip stories. Come back at 5 o'clock to hear about how God's been working through our church family uh, this summer, and we're going to share some more about that. This morning, as we continue our study about rest, about God's work in our lives to bring bring rest— We've developed some new resources that you're going to see out in the lobby. As you walk out in the lobby over here on the left, left-hand side, the north side, there's a wall where I put a lot of different resources out there. Also, for the sermon notes this morning, we don't have kind of printed off, or if you use the Emmaus app, you're not going to find them on there. It's going to point you to a website, emmausokc.org rest. And so if you're a guest of ours this morning or you haven't been with us, I'm taking all of my notes from this little mini sermon series about rest based on Hebrews 4 and putting them on that website. So if you like to have notes in front of you or you want things to go back and look at, there are so many questions about the Sabbath and about rest that you're going to hopefully have after we finish that we don't have time to get to. I've got a big document on there. You can go and read and argue with me and send me emails and text messages and all that good stuff. But On that website, I've tried to put all the information that I thought might be interesting and and helpful for you. So if you want to check that out, that's available to you. Okay, let's read together Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 8. We're focused on verses 8 through 11 today. It says there, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on, so then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works just as God did from his. Let us therefore, verse 11, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of obedience. Let's pray and prepare our hearts for God's word. God, thank you for this morning. We, our hearts are so full with baptism worshiping together, remembering your word, seeing one another here, just the encouragement of gathering as a church family. God, I pray that over the next few minutes that you would teach us more about this idea of rest and Sabbath and what it means to find our rest truly in Christ, not because we follow a bunch of religious rules or came to church this morning, but God, our rest is found in Christ and that impacts the way we live our lives. And so Father, show us more this morning what that means. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thank you, absolutely. Keep that going. So uh, as a kid, as a kid, I loved to go and spend time with my grandparents. Uh, I had incredible grandparents on both sides of my family, different personalities, different gifts, you know, things that you would experience when you went to be with them, but just amazing grandparents. One set of grandparents that I would go and spend time with a lot, when you walked into their house, into the little laundry uh, walk-in room there, there was a special refrigerator off to the side. And that refrigerator was for two purposes. Coke and candy, that was it. Coca-Cola and like you walked in there, RC Cola, almost always RC Cola in there, Coca-Cola, maybe, maybe a Dr. Pepper from time to time. And then like the real candy bars, Crunch Bar, Payday, I haven't had a payday in a long time, but like there was always payday in there. Mr. Goodbar, Snickers, you went in there. And so you went into grandpa and grandma's house, you stopped at the fridge, you got a Coke and a candy bar, you walked through the kitchen, you walked into the living room. If it was baseball time, it was always Braves on TBS or Cubs on WGN. You walked in there and grandpa nine times out of 10 would look at you and say, kids, so glad you're here. Take off your shoes and stay a while. Well, as a matter of fact i will like this is a good place to be this is a place of of peace and joy and You're like i want to be here like this is this is a place you come and rest so imagine you're in a situation in life and this may be your situation in life right now you're walking through life and it seems like when people look at you what they see is just 100 pound weights on your shoulders you feel exhausted school hasn't even started and you're already exhausted You're exhausted because of financial burdens. You're exhausted because of relationships you're dealing with in life. You're exhausted because of life. You just feel exhausted. And imagine you're carrying around those weights on your shoulder. Someone comes up to you and says, hey, let me take those from you for a little while. You don't need to carry those around by yourself. They're so heavy. Let me just take those. You just come over here and sit down, take a deep breath, grab an RC Cola and a Mr. Goodbar. Just sit there. I'll take care of this. Just rest. And you're like, take all my money, like, sign, sign me up for that, like, that's, that's what I need in life. Can I remind you that that's exactly what Jesus has given us? Matthew chapter 11, up on the screen a few minutes ago during the song, Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says what? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, or you may have learned a translation that says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. Weary and heavy burden. Like, who can testify to that? Like, that's the reality of my life. I feel that. Like, I feel those weights. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We need that kind of rest in our lives. Because when you have that kind of rest in your life, it changes everything else you do. It changes all your relationships. It changes how you approach work. It changes everything around you. That kind of rest. Now, We see that rest in Hebrews chapter four. So here's what I wanna do just for a moment, quick review of these verses in Hebrews chapter four, and then we're gonna talk about how do we experience that rest in our lives. So Hebrews chapter four, let's go back to verse eight. Some of this will be a little bit of review if you were with us last week. If you weren't, it'll catch you up, but we're trying to understand these verses in Hebrews four so we can talk about rest. Verse eight, for if Joshua The author of Hebrews says, if Joshua back in the Old Testament had given the people rest at that time, God would not have spoken of another day later on. In your mind, make sure you connect Joshua's name in the Old Testament with the name Jesus in the New Testament because in both cases, the name means one who saves. It has to do with salvation. Speaking about the people coming into the promised land in the Old Testament part of your Bible, the Sunday school stories and vacation Bible school stories, speaking about that, The Bible says in Joshua chapter 21 that Joshua did give them rest, but it wasn't ultimate rest. It wasn't final rest. There was more rest to come. Verse 9, so then, that rest wasn't ultimate, so what? So there remains a Sabbath rest, people of God. This is that verse in your Bible that the fireworks are going off and there's all kinds of amazing theology happening in, in this verse. That phrase up there, Sabbath rest, is just one word in Greek, and the author of Hebrews, by all the things that scholars have found, he has made up a new word right here. So, kids, when you go to school next week and you don't know the answer on a test, just make up a new word. Like, it's okay. Like, it's, it kind of explains what's going on here. He's making up a word, and it's a word about celebration, It's a word about celebrating what God has done in our lives in dealing with sin. Because that idea of Sabbath rest, it shows up in the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus when the high priest would come in and offer the sacrifice for the sins of the people. It provided Sabbath rest for the people. Their sins were dealt with. They could celebrate what God had done in their lives. Verse 11. Let us therefore... Oh, I guess I I missed verse 10, didn't I? For whoever, for whoever it says there in verse 10, has entered God's rest, has also rested from his works as God did from his. I didn't want to miss this verse because I just wanted to tell you this idea of rest. When you say, okay, I want that rest. Tell me more about that rest. How do you explain it? it's hard to explain. It it almost takes a reading of the Bible from beginning to end to get an idea of what this rest is all about. It's rest that you can have right now in your life, but you're really not gonna fully experience that rest until heaven. It's rest that shows up in the time of your life, in Sabbath or in daily times with the Lord, but it also has to do with a place. It has to do with going to be in the land. It has to do with the tabernacle or the new creation. There's all this tension about rest. And we're going to talk more about what that looks like, but the key is it's rest that comes from God, not rest that we achieve. It's rest that's given as a gift from God. Now verse 11. Verse 11 says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. We want to be able to experience and know what that rest is all about. So let's talk about that for just a little bit. What does it mean to enter God's rest. I hope this is helpful for you. If, if you were going to like, if there was a slide up here that had information and you were going to say, okay, I need to get that so I understand what's happening in these verses, this is the information I want you to get because it will help you avoid confusion about salvation. It'll help you know what it means to experience the Sabbath. All this idea. So here's the idea. God's rest that he gives us is rest that we have to receive. And we're gonna call that spiritual rest because the rest that we really need is to know that our sins have been dealt with and that death has been defeated and that we have rest that is not only spiritual, but it is eternal. It will always be there. We will have eternal rest. We will enter that rest at the time of death or the time of Jesus' return. So this is the rest that the book of Hebrews talks about. This is the rest that the Bible talks about It is received as a gift from the Lord. And you're like, okay, when do I receive that? Like, when do I get that kind of rest? The moment you trusted in Jesus for salvation. When you trusted in Jesus for salvation, you received spiritual and eternal rest. Your sins were taken away and dealt with, and death was defeated. You can rest. You don't have to work to earn that salvation. You don't have to work to earn that rest. It's given as a gift. Here's the reality. Most days, do you feel that rest? No, most days were a mess. (laughs) Like most, most days were running around chaotic and anxious and trying to achieve all these things and do all these things. And if we were going to describe our lives as Christians, most of the time, rested is not, maybe arrested, but rested is not the word that comes to mind. We want to be resting, we want to be receiving this rest, which goes down to the bottom. God's rest is experienced. Not only do you receive God's rest when you're saved, but we are able to experience God's rest throughout our lives. That fancy word Shalom, it just means ah, life is good. It's okay. It doesn't mean that they won't have problems or difficulties or troubles, but it's just this holistic God is in control. It's going to be good. He's also given us the Sabbath. The Sabbath is one of the ways we experience the rest that God has given us. Okay, let's explore Sabbath. Let's talk about that word. Kids, if you're in the room and you don't know the word Sabbath, it's connected to the number seven, it's connected to the idea of rest. We're gonna talk about this idea. Let's explore the idea of Sabbath. When most, people, when most people think about Sabbath, these are the kind of questions that they think about. They're thinking about questions like, can I mow the grass on Sunday? If you grew up in a certain church background, you might feel super guilty about certain things that you would do on Sunday or not do on Sunday. Questions about, can we join a weekend sports team? Like if we join the sports team, it's gonna require playing sports or going to competitions on Sunday. Can we do that? What if I have to work on Sunday? What if there? Like, I don't wanna work on Sunday. I'm not asking to work on Sunday, but in order to have this job and provide for my family and do these things, I'm probably gonna to have to work on Sunday. Is the Sabbath on Saturday or Sunday? There's this controversy that you run into about when are you supposed to deal with these things. Let me tell you, those questions matter, and we're going to try to deal with them just a little bit. But those questions we have to get to through just like spiritual wisdom in the church and talking to friends and dealing with these things. What I want to do is I want to take you beyond those questions, and let's really deal with what God's Word says about Sabbath. So there's going to be two, three different places we're going to look. If you want to turn in your Bible to these places, you absolutely can. If not, the verses are going to be up on the screen. The first place we're going to look is Exodus chapter 20, okay? Exodus chapter 20 is one of the places in the Bible where the Ten Commandments are given. Exodus chapter 20, let's see what verse that starts in. starting in verse 8. Here's what it says. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. The commandment there, the fourth commandment given by God is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So the word remember, like that's the word we're keen in on. We have to remember the Sabbath day. Verses eight uh, going on. On it, what are you doing this day? On it, you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter Kids, celebrate this. You know not have to, like, this commandment, it's not you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Sabbath is meant to involve all the people. And then go on and look at the next part of it. It says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Here's what I want you to see from Exodus chapter 20. When God tells them to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, it is based on God's design and creation, how God has created things, the order that he has given things. That's the foundation for keeping the Sabbath. It's based on God's character and his order in creation. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Sabbath command is also given in Deuteronomy chapter 5. So if you want to flip over in your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 5, you can. But we're going to look at these verses where the Sabbath command is given in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And what we're looking for is we're looking for a difference between Exodus and Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy chapter 5, starting in verse 12. It says there in Deuteronomy 5.12, Observe, so not remember, remember is going to show up, but here it says, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. If you're around people who are super legalistic about the Sabbath and what happens on the Sabbath, and yet they have people around them doing all kinds of work, they're not doing what this verse is saying. Because this verse says that Sabbath is a Sabbath for everybody. It is a communal exercise. If your Sabbath depends on someone else's service, you're not Sabbathing according to what's given here in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, look at the next verse. Here's what's really fascinating. Deuteronomy chapter 5, there in verse 15. What's the reason it's given? You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Okay, this is fascinating. In Exodus 20, why do we keep the Sabbath? It's because it's God's design in creation. We're following the pattern of God, following his character. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, why do you keep the Sabbath? Because you have been rescued out of Egypt, because you have been rescued out of sin and darkness. Remember, when the people come into the land and they get the Ten Commandments, they have been slaves in Egypt. Do you think they got Sundays off in Egypt when they were slaves? not a chance. Like, they are working hard. They are working for the Egyptian empire, for the Pharaoh. They are working all the time under the worst possible circumstances. When they come out of there, when God rescues them in the Exodus and gives them the Ten Commandments, he's telling them, you're not slaves anymore. This is how free people live. Free people have the Sabbath. It is not a burden to keep. It's a gift to them. I love this little picture up here. The Sabbath is how free people live, okay? You got to feel for our friend over here on the left. Like, it looks like it's a birthday party and he didn't get the plate of food he was thinking about. His plate is just stuffed. Imagine your life looks like that little guy's plate over there on the left. Like, your plate is full. And someone invites you to come to church or tells you you haven't been going to church enough or tells you you need to have religion or tells you you need to trust in Jesus. When most people hear about church or the Bible or a command in the Bible, their first thought is, I can't add anything else to my plate. Like, I can't take another burden. I can't add anything to my life. I don't have room in my schedule for anything. You're telling me now I need to go to church to do this. I don't have room for that in my life. The Sabbath is how free people live. When you turn and give your life to Jesus, he's not adding to your plate. He's giving you a new plate, He's giving you a fresh way to live. He's showing you this is what it looks like. Now, you don't have to carry all those burdens you've been carrying. You don't have to add other things to your plate that don't need to be on your plate. I'm giving you a fresh plate. Now, go and add wisely to that. Live in a wise way. Friends, church is not an extra burden to add to your schedule. Following Jesus is not another item to add to your plate. He gives you a fresh start, a fresh plate, a fresh life, an opportunity to rest. So the question is, how do we experience that rest that God gives us? How do we experience that Sabbath? I want to play off the word remember, and I want to give you three things that we're going to do as a church that I hope you'll do in your lives to experience the rest that God wants to give you. Number one is we are going to remember our dependence on the Lord. You guys go to that next slide for me just for a second so we can see this. Oh yeah, sorry, we have to go to the next slide. I was worried about the time. I didn't want to keep people too long. So, <laughs> Experiencing God's rest. Number one, we're going to remember our dependence on the Lord. Every day, sleep is your daily reminder that you're not God, that we depend on him. Every week, Sabbath, is our reminder that we're not God, that we depend on him. Sabbath is a reminder that God is our creator and our father, that he loves us and provides for us. There's a great story in Exodus chapter 16 in the Old Testament. There's a great story there about how God is going to provide food for the people in the wilderness. And this little bit of food, this kind of wafer type of food, is called manna. And God gives them this manna, and they pick it up off the ground, and there's just enough for every day. And so they're able to go out, and they're able to pick up this food. But when it comes to the Sabbath, when it comes to the seventh day, they get double the amount of food the day before, because on the Sabbath day, there's nothing to be picked up. And if they do go out and look for it, God gets pretty frustrated about it. All the other days leading up to this, they don't save extra. God just provides what they need. And then the day before the Sabbath, they get extra food. This last week, I heard somebody mention, they said, you know what? Jesus tells us to pray for daily bread. I really want a Costco type of faith or a Sam's faith. Like, I just want to get a whole bunch of it, and and maybe it'll last me for a really long time. Like, maybe if I go to church like a whole bunch in a row, then I don't have to go for a while. Or maybe if I really trust in Jesus for a while, then they'll just carry me for a while. Guess what, friends? We are called to daily And weekly dependence on the Lord we don't get a Costco faith we don't get a Sam's Club faith like we're not able to build this up this is every day every week depending on the Lord and when we depend on the Lord what do we do we rest and we delight in his creation we stop and we set limits and we're intentional to say I need every week to do something to remind myself that my dependence is on the Lord I need to rest in him. I need to celebrate what it means to be a part of his creation. And, and some people in here, you hear rest and you think, back porch, book, nobody bother me. <laughs> some of you hear back porch, book, nobody bother me, and you're like, oh, man, that's a nightmare. Like, that sounds, that sounds awful. Like, that's not, that's not fun. Like, I want to play. I want to go and do something. Can I remind you that rest in the Lord is going to look different? based on your season of life, if you're a single mom with small children, taking off a day is going to be quite challenging. It's just not going to look the same. If you're in a situation where you're dealing with a lot of things, Sabbath and rest may not look exactly the same for every type of person, but everyone together says, I'm going to stop. I'm going to rest I'm gonna delight in God as my creator and my father, and I'm gonna remember how good he is that I depend on him, that I need him. Number two is we remember our deliverance. The reason Sabbath is so important is because we need to remember that we have been rescued from sin and death. Hear me out. Write this down if it's helpful for you, but hear me out. Sabbath is not an escape, okay? Slaves need to escape, not children. Sabbath is not an escape, because when we think of an escape, we think about someone who is driven, who works hard all the time, who nears exhaustion, and they're just like, oh man, at the end of the week, I just have to escape. I just have to get away from here, so hopefully I can get enough energy to get through the next week. That is not the Christian life. That is not Sabbath. Escape takes us away from people, away from these opportunities, sabbath takes us toward the people of god sabbath is a reminder that we have been delivered and i want to be so careful with the next part okay so hear me being cautious about this but i think this idea helps us deal with that question of playing sports on the weekend or mowing on the weekend or how do we how do we handle those type of questions we have to get back to purpose what is our purpose in these things Parents will say, like, well, hey, this sports team, it's a great opportunity to develop my kids' character or or for them to connect with other kids. And let me just say, I celebrate that. Like, 100% hand up, that's a great thing. Here's what we want to make sure our kids understand. My primary identity is a follower of Jesus. That's my primary identity. And my community is the church family. Like, those are my people. That's who I need to be connected with. And remember this, parents. Your main goal in life is not that your kids are moral or their character grows or they become more people. Your main goal in life is that they know and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so a sports team is great for character and morality and teamwork. Like, we are celebrating that. There's no guilt involved in that. We just want them to know that's that purpose. The purpose of church is they would know the gospel of Jesus, and they would respond to him. And whatever we do with our time, whatever we do with our activities, we are pointing them back to Jesus and the people of Jesus. That's our goal. Because, oh, they're all number one. Everything's number one. It's just all number one. So uh, that's amazing. That's been behind me the whole time. That's why you guys are staring at my slide. <laughs> Sabbath, is, it's number seven, but it's number one. So um, remember the mission and work. The idea is when I rest well, when I rest well in Christ, it propels me to go out and do the work that God has called me to do. When the Sabbath is number seven of your days, you're working hard to get to rest. In Christ, don't miss this, the first day of the week starts with rest, and then the work you do comes out of that rest. And I think that distinction is really important Because if rest comes at the end, then I'm work, 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 work trying to get to rest. If rest comes at the beginning, the way it does in Christ, then all the work I do that week just flows from that rest, and I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it for His mission, for His purposes. Let me put a couple of questions in front of you, and we'll wrap up with this. Have I received God's rest for my soul? The most important question that you would ask yourself this morning is, have I received that rest? That Jesus didn't come to give rules about the Sabbath. He came to rule our lives. He came to rule the way we live. He came to be Lord of our lives, just like these teenagers confessed up here this morning, and that we would trust in him. If you feel like your life is chaotic and out of control, if you've never trusted in Jesus for salvation, talk to somebody about that this morning. We, we want to show you what that looks like. Am I experiencing God's rest? When somebody looks at my life, do they think, rest, peace, joy? Or do they think, "Ah, <laughs> chaos, disorder. In Christ, we're not going to do this perfectly. We're not going to do this perfectly. But people who value Christ, who value the Sabbath, are people who know how to stop, know how to remember God's work in their life, and then like we're going to talk about next week, know how to share that rest with others. Christ, I need you to be Lord of my life, and I need you to be Lord of my time and my calendar. And we want that to be true. We want to build our lives on that. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to lead us in a time of prayer, and we're going to sing a final song together. I know when we come together as a church, especially those of you who, getting here is just its own challenge, maybe physically, maybe emotionally or spiritually, just getting here is hard. Triple points to those who are bringing in little kids and you're just trying to get here in the morning with little kids and do do all that's required to be here. And I want you to know that when we gather as the people of God here at Emmaus, the name of Jesus, friends, I want you to rest. I want you to know that you can come and find peace and hope and joy, that if your life feels chaotic, if maybe you're one of the people who your mind just races against you, feel like you're your own worst enemy in your mind, that you can come and find rest in Christ. And we experience that when we depend on the Lord and we remember what he has done in our lives and we ask him to send us out into the world. Students, as you get ready to go back to school, I know you guys are busy. I know you have a lot going on. From rest, you are being sent out to live from the Lord. Adults, as best as you can, make your home a place of rest and peace. God, let us be that kind of people that we build our lives on you show us what that looks like, to receive the rest of Christ that he provides and then to experience that in our lives. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.